0: Welcome to Open to Hope Radio with your host, Mother Daughter Team, Dr. Gloria, and Dr. Heidi Horsley. This show is brought to you by the Open to Hope Foundation, with the mission of helping people find hope after loss. This show has been edited for your convenience. Now, Open to Hope Radio. Our guest today is Susan K. Van Black, and our topic is dealing with the holidays. Following the death of her 19-year-old son, Mark, in 1992, Susan Van Vleck was looking for meaning. Mark's death motivated Susan to graduate with honors from Kennesaw State University, receiving a degree in sociology and human services. She has attended several American Academy of Bereavement seminars. Susan has been a facilitator for Good, for good Grief, a six-week program based on Granger Westberg's book, Good Grief, and was a prominent Northwest. Hospice volunteer in Marietta, Georgia for two years. She is also a national board member for the Compassionate Friends. Susan knows this isn't the life you planned, but it is the life you have. Please join us for a look at your life and your future. Welcome to the show, Susan.
1: Thank you, Heidi. Good morning, Gloria.
0: Good morning, Susan. It's great to have you on the show. Thank you. It's great. Uh, could Susan. you
2: tell our audience a little bit about your loss and uh, your son?
1: Um, well, we were living in Georgia at the time, and our son, Mark, uh, was 19, and he had just finished his first year at Georgia Tech and was home for the summer. Uh, and he was killed within a mile of our house uh, while taking a friend home. The guys had been at our house watching movies that night. And a couple hours later, a couple police officers came to our door. And uh, that was back when I was naive and didn't realize that was a death notification call. Mm-hmm. And uh, from there, the world just kind of um, turned upside down, exploded, mm-hmm. and um, began living a life that I hadn't planned for.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So tell us a
2: little bit. Do you remember your first holiday? Oh, yes, Your first Christmas holiday, um, or, or for those folks who don't celebrate Christmas, your first uh Their first holiday, anyway.
1: Yes. Um, Mark was killed in July, so this was in um, a few months. At least I had a few months. Mm -hmm. But I remember just dreading the day because Mark always loved Christmas. And uh, in our family, it seems that there's roles that we play. Mm -hmm. No matter if we are having dinner together, the interaction, there's always somebody that's making it light or laughing and somebody that's, you know, keeping it on task. And uh, one of the most difficult things that we had to do uh, was to think about Christmas decorating when mm-hmm. all the Christmas music started. and all that, that anticipation, right? Yes. Uh, very difficult. And even that first year, I found that I had to decorate Mark's grave out a Christmas tree for him and the poinsettia, and a little snowman, which is a uh, just something that signifies Mark to me. Growing up in Kansas, we built snowmen together, and he always loved it. Um, that I had to do that first before I could even think about doing it at home. So right after Thanksgiving, we decorated Mark's grave, and we set up uh, a couple of different appointments that so we were going to decorate our tree. Our older son David was going to college and working and had a girlfriend and a social life, and so it was difficult to hit at the same time. We had missed two dates that we set up, and finally it was December 20th, and I said, you know, if we don't get it done tonight, it's just not going to get done. And I think that we kept putting it off because, um, like Mark, or Frank, my husband, would always string the lights, And David was very good about setting up, getting all the music, Christmas music he wanted played while we were decorating the tree. And then I was opening these boxes that we had. Um, Every year I made ornaments for my boys and then, of course, there are ornaments they made in grade school. Right,
2: so we have all those little yeah. reminders around, mm-hmm. which are bittersweet. With their names on them and everything, difficult. yeah. Yeah, getting those things out the first time can be really heart-rendering exactly. in some ways, but in some ways it's it makes you feel good, especially after all these years. We just I was going to say, this.
0: Mom, I think the first year I felt nothing but pain when I saw all those bulbs and ornaments with Scott's name on them or that he had made as a kid.
2: Mm-hmm. as the
0: years go on now, I feel comforted in the fact that we have those. Yeah, those my, my five-year-old grandson
2: got the ornaments out this year, and he's and I was telling him the names, and he said, Who's Scott? Wow. You know? mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and also, you know, Susan, you're talking about roles, which is such a big part of it. I mean, my brother being the only boy and the strongest one in the family, was his job was to put up our tree and, uh, and put up the lights. Mm-hmm. And that was a giant role, and he would put up the tree, you know, put it upright, et cetera, and not to have him there with doing this is, is such a reminder of what you've lost.
1: It was it, very difficult. And see, Mark's role, he loved, he just jumped right in and started putting the ornaments on the tree. And so that first year, after we got the lights up and David had the music going, it was like we were kind of looking at each other, what do we do now? because he'd already been busy almost halfway through with the ornaments, but uh, it didn't happen that way. So I think and years retrospect, because I didn't realize that the first year about the roles that we all play and how difficult that is.
2: We've gotten some questions from listeners and friends that we've gathered, and also um, we're going to talk about those a little bit because we like to answer your questions directly out there. Susan, uh, you got an email from somebody and uh, that you kind of emailed back and forth and talked about their situation, and I think you were saying it's a husband and wife. Their child's been bereaved for had died three years ago, and the wife is asking, how can I help my husband through the holidays? Is that right?
1: Yes, Justin's mom wrote that. Uh,
2: Justin's mom. And you also said that she bought new ornaments. Talk a little bit about that. I thought that was interesting.
1: Yes, uh, she's a very dear friend in Kansas, and uh, I was telling her I was surprised at how difficult it was for the 14th Christmas this year to decorate the tree. And she has made the suggestion to me that she had gone... Um, to a, a store and bought all new ornaments with, like, the red butterflies and that that represented her son, Justin, to her. And
0: well, that's nice. And
1: um, that she couldn't, she found the first two years she couldn't deal with the regular family ornaments.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, well, yeah.
2: It, and it's nice to do new and different things. Mm-hmm. So she's asking you, um, Justin's mom is saying, how can I help my husband after three years? Yes. That's very interesting because one of the things Heidi and I see is, uh, and we've talked to other men about it, some men do not. Um, it, men tend maybe not to go to groups or to talk as much as women do, so it can be maybe very difficult for them. The uh, wife may feel that they need to move at the same pace that they are or deal with it. They're not dealing with it quite the way they think it should be done. Um, so we see that, don't we, Heidi?
0: Absolutely, and sometimes, like you said, Mom, the men will grieve private, more privately and more by themselves. I'm thinking rituals, and Susan, you've talked a lot about this um, before, and, and I know you're going to do that today, but different rituals around the house maybe, things to be like a, you know, something that's a living plant to symbolize um, the child they've lost or pictures of him moving. We used to move pictures. We used to take pictures and bring them into the living room around the tree of my brother. Move them to different parts of the house so that he was more of a, his pictures were more of a presence during the holidays. Of course, you've got
2: to make sure you don't do too many. Remember that woman who had pictures of her daughter everywhere in the world.
0: Absolutely, you need you need to do it in moderation because people need to be able to get away also from their grief and take yeah. breaks from it. Now, I think for
2: some men, uh, and it sounds like maybe Justin's dad, this might be a good idea. Um, sometimes they need to compartmentalize their grief a little more. So you might want to say to your husband, if you're a person that's feeling like your husband needs to grieve but he hasn't been able to find that setting, let's put a candle out, let's have a special time and light it. How would you feel about that? That way somebody who is not an overt, chatty griever has that little, uh, I don't want to call it shrine, but that little little signal, that little event that, that the child is remembered and that they're there and part of it.
0: Absolutely, and Susan, I don't know if we're going to get to this later on the show, we might, so you guys might want to stop me, but your family did something that was so wonderful. When you sent out the uh, cards, to, your Christmas card at Thanksgiving?
1: Oh, yes, the first um, first uh, Christmas, actually, after Mark had died, um, we mailed our cards out the day after Thanksgiving, asking our family and friends to write a special time or memory that they had of Mark and send it with their Christmas cards. And also when Mark's friends would stop by, we would have pen and paper there and ask them if they'd like to write something and let them put it in Mark's stocking. And that's what we did with those that came in the mail. And then um, Christmas morning, um, Frank, my husband, and David, and myself, we sat around the Christmas tree and we took turns reading all these wonderful memories that we had that people shared with us some things we didn't know about, and we laughed and cried, and it was like having Mark with us that morning. It was so special um, wonderful, wonderful idea that we had gotten actually from one of the homework assignments of good grief.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, what a great idea! I love that hearing new and different stories and funny memories, and you know all sorts of memories
2: yeah we had when we had babe on the show a few weeks ago, he said at their candlelight, and they were doing uh, positive memories of their children, and he said it was really an uplifting.
0: And a celebration of, li- of their life. A
2: celebration life. of their life, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, um, we've got
2: some questions here from uh, listeners um, also. Um, one of them is, since my brother died, um, I've really lost faith. I just feel God is a myth. This upsets my parents, and I know they're going to want me to do- go to Mass, and I don't want to go. What should I do? Heidi, that's a good sibling one for you.
0: Okay, a few things. One is that a lot of times, especially right after a loss, going to church really is hard. It's hard because the music and the memories of your siblings sometimes come flooding back. And it might take a while for that not to happen. And some of the hymns are, are sad. and um, so I th- And I think it's a legitimate thing to be angry at God after a death. It takes a while to work through that. I mean, you're angry at everybody. You're angry at the world. How could... God allow this to happen. I mean, that's kind of what you're how you're thinking at that point. That's a legitimate feeling. Um, I don't know. What, do you guys, Susan and Gloria, have any other thoughts on that?
1: Well, right after Mark died, that was what I was so angry. I was angry at God, not the person that caused Mark's death. It was God. How could he allow him to die? And I kept that quiet for a long time because I, w- I felt like a um, hypocrite because I would pray his strength and courage to face another day, but I was also telling him in prayer how angry I was at him. And uh, I was talking to the church chaplain one day, and I kind of just, it came out. I said, I feel really guilty, but I'm angry with God. And he said um, that God has big shoulders and that he knows what's in my heart. And by me being angry with God, shows that I have a strong faith and relationship with God. And he just encouraged me to work it out with him through prayer and journaling.
2: Yeah, and, and take it. Yeah. I love to say God can take it. <sighs> yes. You're right, he's got big shoulders.
1: And who else but God knew he lost his son, and he did that willingly. Right. And mm-hmm. I know we're not to get in the religious aspect, but that was something he said to me,
2: too. And that was comforting to you. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Well, one of the things I'd like to say to this uh, young man is tell your parent, tell your mother uh, or your father or that you would like not to go to Mass. And if they're, if they're angry or hurt, if you're really feeling strongly about it, you need to tell people. Everybody has their right to grieve. They have their right to do it the way they do it. And they're... Uh, feelings that you need to do what they want you to do. Sometimes you just have to stand up and say no. On the other hand, it may not be worth it. You have to pick your battles, don't you think, Heidi?
0: Definitely, absolutely. I mean, if it's, if your parents are hardcore, I mean, as kids, as siblings, we only have so much control over our lives because we're not adults. I mean, I am now, but I wasn't before. And, you know, if your parents are saying, hey, you have to go to Mass, that's the bottom line, that's the rule in our family, I pay the bills, then you have to go and you'll just have to cope while you're there and clean out your purse or do whatever or try to clean out.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking of the
0: headphones, but I guess you can't do that. (laughs) Try to deal with it the best way that you can and take any positive thing you can from it. And sometimes it will be hard and realize, you know, it might be painful, but when you're living under your parents' roof, sometimes you do have to do things that you might not want to do. Right.
1: That may be true if she's underage or he, but I think it would be very important just to open the line of communication
0: Mm -hmm. and explain
1: to her mom how she feels and let her mom have a dialogue back because she may be having some of those same feelings.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely, Susan. That is such a good point. A good point as they can dialogue. Well, before we go to break, I think we have time for one more, and let me pick one. Um, Our daughter was killed by a drunk driver on New Year's Eve. We have two kids in college, and I know they're going to want to go to parties. I made them stay home last year, but they have told me they are not going to stay home this year. So, second year, any suggestions would be appreciated.
0: Oh my gosh, that is such, that is the biggest thing when I talk to bereaved siblings that they say, they want me to tell their parents, we need to be normal kids. We need to live our lives. We know our sibling has died, but we have to be normal kids again. And I know it's hard for the parents because they're worried. So, And New Year's Eve is a scary time. There are a lot of people on the road that are drinking and all that kind of thing. But
2: if you can find out where your kids are going, get as much information, tell them that you need the time that they're going to be home so you know. I mean, maybe it's going to be 2 o'clock in the morning or whatever, but at least you'll know then. And just try to get as much information and tell them you're doing it because of you, because you need it, because it it's bothersome to you. And then you're going to have to try to find your own hand holding. Maybe your spouse or whoever, maybe you're going to have to distract yourself with a movie or go to a party or I don't know, uh, some way to distract yourself. Once you get all the information you can, then you've got to distract yourself because these kids are in college. You can't, uh, ask them to end their life because, or you know, to make those kind of changes.
1: Mm-hmm. No, but maybe in the communication again, if they could call them.
0: I was saying that to too. Late. Cell phones are a wonderful thing. Yes. Yeah, a wonderful thing or, and or a pain message. in the neck. <laughs> yeah, or or just text, text messaging. let
1: them know. And that's good that the child understands we we didn't think our child would die, and now we're afraid that it's going to happen again.
0: Absolutely. a right. real
1: horrible fear. And so I think if they would just call, if they're going to be late, or have a verbal agreement that if they can't, after drinking they can't drive, that they would call the parents and mm-hmm. they would come.
2: Ab- absolutely. And
1: not be angry with right. them, but they would be glad to do that.
2: During the holidays, it's so um, there's so much anticipation and we have our own agenda. And I said that even doing the show this morning it helped me realize that um, I need to set my own agenda aside. And you were giving us a John Lennon quote. Would you give it to yes. the audience?
1: He wrote, life is what happens to you while you are busy making plans. Yeah.
2: That is so true. That's a great quote. (laughs) Well, listen, and let's do one more email, and then I want to talk to you about some uh, thoughts and ideas you have about the holidays. Uh, The next email is, um, our family uh, goes to my sister-in-law's house for Christmas dinner. Our baby died in June, and I just don't know if I want to go to a big party. My sister-in-law says that I need to get over it. What can I say to her? Is she right? Do you think it would be good for me? My husband would like to go to the party but is supportive of me. So that's a lot of questions. Her sister-in-law says she needs to, to get, get over it. it.
0: That's that. I hate that word. You know uh-huh. I hate that phrase. Um, we don't get over the death of someone that we've loved and we think is going to be in our lives forever, but we learn to live with that and we learn to move forward, but I don't. you can't get over something like
2: that. Well, and she says, "Do you what do you think, Susan? She says, um, is she right? Do I need to get over it? Baby died in June.
1: No, no, I don't. And I'm sure she did not mean to be hurtful when she said that to her sister-in-law. But um, if if she had been through there, had lost a child, then I would ask, how did you do that, and how can I move on? That that might be a response.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, I think the sister-in-law has again her own agenda and her needs. And you know, sometimes people get aggravated. I remember, my sister-in-law was angry because we didn't go to my niece's wedding in June, and Scott had died in um, April, and we just couldn't, we just couldn't do it, you know. And sometimes people are going to be cranky, but that's too
0: bad.
1: Their agenda is that they are uncomfortable with our pain.
0: Yep. And they want us to be like we were. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. They want it to be like it used to be and we can still have positive times ahead but you know it's going to they're going to be different we have to create like our new normal now
1: it takes a long time to for the trial and error period i think that's the hardest part about grief in finding the coping skills so that we can incorporate the loss into our life and move forward it right. takes a long long time ongoing
2: and for and during the holidays we may just have to say no
1: yes just and that is no. okay
2: Without even an explanation, I can't do it. I'm sorry.
1: No, I'm sorry. It's like we have to give ourselves permission to do what we can do.
2: And the other thing is, if her husband wants to go to the party, I think he could do that, don't you too? Yeah,
1: yeah, I think
2: so. You know, people do not grieve, and the husbands and wives do not move in tandem through grief or through the holidays. People will be up, other people will be down.
0: And sometimes it's a gift to your spouse if you can say, you know what? Why don't you stay If you want to stay home, that's fine. I'll go without you. Sometimes they're very appreciative and they're like, really, I can stay home? Thank you. <laughs>
2: right. But one of the things, Heidi, take the sibling role about, not, about the holidays, will you?
0: Um, I think my biggest, my biggest thought about that is that, you know, children and kids and young adults and even older adults want the holidays to be a positive time and want positive things to happen. And so sometimes parents, I know it's really hard, but need to kind of put on a game face and have, as much as they can, Christmas Day a positive day Um, or Christmas Eve or Thanksgiving or, you know, the holidays, because kids really want that and they really look forward to these, you know, holidays. And so for them, sometimes we need to do it for our surviving children.
2: And it can be what about me. But, you know, I'm thinking in this situation, uh, they could have an uncle or an
0: aunt pick the children up to go to the party too. That's a great idea. Yeah. I like that idea, and bring the kids, yeah, because kids love going to parties. Right. So, um, and you know, get other people involved in helping you this year. And kids grieve differently. As we've said in, on past shows, kids grieve in shorter segments. They can be grieving one minute, and the next minute they can be really enjoying a party. And that's a good thing. That's that's the way the kids cope. They're different than adults.
2: Right. So, Susan, uh, I wanted to look at some of the ideas you had about the holidays. Talk about anticipation a little bit.
1: Well, I, I think as soon as the calendar starts flipping over and we're hearing the Christmas music and it's like society, happy time, family time, we have such high expectations. And I was trying to remember even before Mark's death did I ever achieve that goal or that picturesque uh, thing that everybody seems to fantasize about.
2: Yeah, all the women's magazines and stuff, you want to make all that stuff. and oh, yeah. The cooking books and... <laughs>
1: That, that's really not fair to us, but anyway, that's a whole different thing.
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: I think the anticipation of the Christmas Day, and I don't... Or
2: say the other holidays, if it's Hanukkah or whatever people celebrate. And their annivers-
1: the date of their anniversary, death, or their birthday. And I don't want to make the listeners angry, because I I was mad when people used to tell me that before I experienced it for the first couple of times but the anticipation leading up to those special days are more difficult than the day itself. And I think that it helps if you have a plan for how you're going to spend that day, celebrate that day, um, whether it's Christmas or your child's birthday, or you you need to um, have a plan. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm a big planner, I
2: guess. And it helps. It certainly does. And also um, remember, it's only one day. I I said something on one of the shows about if you want to pull the covers over your head, do. And then Heidi took the sibling point of view, which I thought was important. You want to do that again,
0: Heidi? I just said, wait a minute. If you want to pull the covers over your head and you have children living at home, you you don't have that option. You really need. I mean, you really need to get up and um, be down with the kids for them, for your for your living children.
2: And, again, you can have other people come in and help you, and you can have your supermarket come in and help you with your Christmas dinner, too.
0: Well, that's a good idea. Fresh Direct is wonderful. They'll deliver a whole dinner to you, and you don't have to do anything but put it in the microwave.
2: So, yeah. So some of that uh, planning ahead. Um, I thought some of the things you said about planning ahead uh, to Susan were that um, you could talk to the family members about what they'd like.
1: Yes. And, again, as you see, I'm a big proponent of communication to sit down as a family and decide what traditions are most important that they want to do this year and maybe they can't, someone can't do, the majority would have to rule, and then maybe they would bring in that tradition the following year Mm -hmm. if they could.
2: And the first year, you know, some of what we're talking about comes along too. The first year you may just be doing rote and can't even think of this, particularly if it's been recently. Since your child's idea, I mean, it just may be getting it through, getting through it, and you just have to realize it's one day and just try to get through it. Right, um, and, uh,
0: and sometimes we have to compromise, which also goes along with the communication. Yeah, someone might want something, and someone else want, might want something else, and we need to have a middle come into the middle and compromise.
2: Another thing you you say, Susan, which is so important, remember that um, thoughts and feelings are normal and should be respected.
1: Yes, by everyone, because mm-hmm. everyone. As you said earlier, um, in deals with grief differently, whether we're male, female, how far along we are in our grief, there's so many different uh, components to that,
0: and, and we're human, so even though we do try to put on the positive face, like I was saying before, it, it's normal that that something might trigger our emotions, and we might all of a sudden break down in the middle of Christmas, and that's okay that we're human, yeah you know we we can't control that sometimes.
1: And I think that's wonderful. I'm glad Mm -hmm. you said that, um, Heidi, because just give yourself permission that if you don't keep your happy face on all day and you do cry, tell yourself it's okay. Right, right. right. And you can say to
0: the family right out, I'm so happy to be here with you all today. I just miss Scott.
1: Yes.
2: And if you really don't want to break down and some guys don't want to do it, going into the bathroom is a great place. (laughs) Turn the water on and go for it. Right.
1: That's right, and also leading up to the holiday for me, journaling and allowing, uh, taking my journal, sitting out next to Mark's grave, and writing and talking and praying and crying to get that release, to get some of this, to prepare for the holidays. Mm -hmm. I have done that.
2: Um, Let's talk a little bit about taking care of yourself. What are the things that you recommend?
1: Well, one is getting enough rest. Because with all the things that we have to do for the holidays, in addition to just a regular day, it just really takes a toll on our body. And I believe that grief assaults our body, mind, soul, and spirit. Mm -hmm. It's just uh, very difficult on us. So we need to rest. And sometimes we can't sleep, but at least if we can lay down and be quiet and close our eyes, it's very important to have nutritious food, eat. Good, healthy food, not empty calories. Drink lots of water because tears are dehydrating.
2: And tears don't drink are... alcohol because alcohol is also dehydrating.
1: That's right. And, can and it also makes us think we've had
2: enough fluid.
1: Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Um, take a walk around the block to get some fresh air. is good. I'm doing a little exercise. And uh, I've already mentioned about the quiet time in a journal or writing in a journal, listen to some nice music, not necessarily Christmas music, but your favorite soothing music, light a candle. Uh, just To me, that always represents Mark is with me when I sometimes go in my room, then to work at the computer. I light a candle because I want to invite and know that Mark is with me.
2: Um, We know this is a tough time of year for you folks out there, and what uh, great ideas that uh, Susan brings us here today, talking about things like anticipation, planning ahead, and uh, very good ideas. I wanted to deal with one last email. This is our last segment, and it's an email um, that says, I am trying to think of special things we can do this year to remember my brother who died in Iraq. Do you have any ideas? Well, uh, Susan, do you have some ideas for...
1: Um, I have a couple, and uh, there's a, you can light one of those 24-hour candles that you can buy in the grocery store. I think they're like 99 cents and burn them all day. We do that on special days here. Um, because Christmas cards might be too late with the memories, you can share uh, stories going around the holiday meal table. And then I know of a mother that uh, buys a poinsettia for her home as a living memorial to her son during the holiday season.
0: Mm, very nice. Hi, how about you? I would just, it's something that Susan's already had said in an email she wrote to me. And I love how on Christmas cards, I know it's late during the season, but I love how you put Mark's name and underneath, in parentheses, you put in spirit and then stamp like a blue angel stamp.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: I love that idea. That's very
2: nice. And, you know, you could also send out just holiday cards after the holidays, too, um, Mm -hmm. with that kind of thing on it. A great idea. Well, I think all of us, uh, just for uh, this lady who wrote the email about her brother dying in Iraq, I want you to know I think that the whole nation is feeling great sorrow at this time for our wonderful soldiers that are serving us in Iraq.
0: Absolutely. Our thoughts are with you.
2: Yes, absolutely. So uh, Susan, before we go to show uh, close the show, I wanted to um, talk a little bit more about the idea of being flexible. Could you talk about that?
1: Yes, I, I think that it's okay if we change our regular tradition from what we've had in the past because there's no right or wrong way to grieve, but there's also no right or wrong way to spend the holidays. Uh, if you've always opened Christmas or opened your gifts on Christmas Day, you might want to do them Christmas Eve. Um, attend Christmas services maybe at a different time at your church or at a different church. Um, let the children take over decorating the tree or invite friends in to help. Um, have your holiday meal at a different time. Just, It's okay to change it up. Decide if you want to stay home or go away for the holidays. And one of the things with the family powwow is that the discussion of question would be whether or not you want to talk openly about the one that has gone, Mm -hmm. Uh, because for some people it's very difficult.
2: And some people would not even want to do that at all.
0: Yes, that's right. And some people may just want to listen and not have to say anything.
2: Right. Yeah, that's a good point, being able to pass. When you go to a Compassionate Friends uh, meeting, it's a wonderful thing not to have to say anything Mm -hmm. when people are going around. So some people may want to talk about it and, and uh, some not. Well, I, I want to talk a little bit about drinking, too. Um, alcohol is a very difficult thing during the holidays, and one of the things I want to suggest if you have family members who are involved with a loss or if you're involved with a loss, make sure, uh, I suggest to people that they serve hors d'oeuvres, um, try to do low-alcohol drinks or no-alcohol drinks. They're you know, mixed uh, fruit drinks or whatever. Don't have alcohol around. Uh, for people who are, are going to have problems with it. Um, make sure you have some high-carb food there and make sure you have food with the drinks, serve dinner early, and end your party early. These are some of my recommendations during the holidays. And uh, one of the things that the grief literature does recommend for you people who um, are in your first year is that you do stay pretty close to the rituals you used to have as far as staying home or whatever um, for the first year. It's always recommended that you don't do too many changes, so you might want to think about doing a few of the the things that you did before and not getting out. I found the first year we kind of slugged through and, and kind of had pretty much the same ritual. Then the second year we went off and did something else, which was very helpful. I think we went to Hawaii that year and took my mother, who is you now deceased.
0: It, yeah, and uh, you know also activities. If you're feeling really depressed and, and down, go play ping pong with your kids. Go play pool with your kids it moves the energy and, and you're doing something enjoyable.
2: Mm-hmm. And, and at least take a walk around well, the block or whatever. That can make a big difference if you're feeling sluggish. Well, Susan, do you have any more thoughts about the holidays for our folks? Have we covered what we've thought about? Um,
1: yes, unless I um, uh, would just to... Um, allow yourself tears and also give yourself permission to laugh if it happens. It's okay because both laughter and tears are healing for us.
2: Mm-hmm. And sometimes we're shocked and embarrassed or whatever that something's amusing.
1: Yeah, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I felt guilty. I remember the first time I laughed, it was like, how could I laugh? Right. But um, it, it's it's good for your body to um. laugh and cry. Absolutely, and those who cannot bring tears, I wish them healing tears because it it's important to release that stuff, and over time we find our ways to do that through writing. I, as you see, I'm a big journaler, but uh, talking to someone, they said you need to tell your story 25 times, well, you either have to have 25 friends or one really good friend, but the just um, to go out and we can't weed a garden right now, but some people, they like to yank those weeds up out of the ground, paint, write poetry. There's just a way that you need to express the pain and the loss.
2: Absolutely. Well, Hyde, have you got any more thoughts for our audience? I was it?
0: just thinking of what Susan said to reiterate on it, that we need to give ourselves permission to laugh. Laughter is an emotion. It's okay to laugh, and when you're laughing, just say, I'm laughing. You can say to yourself, I'm laughing in memory of Scott, of my brother. I'm doing this for him. It's all right to laugh. It doesn't mean that we miss them any less or we love them any less.
2: Absolutely. So think about anticipation, planning ahead, communication, flexibility, and taking care of yourself during the holidays. And thank you so much for being on our show, Susan. Thank you, Susan.